Welcome to Box Press Radio. I'm Dan. And I'm Zach. And we're going to talk about some uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, apparently. Yes, I have been absolutely obsessed with Power Rangers for like the past month. I'm not even really sure what... No, I am kind of sure what sparked it. I wanted to play some game, and I didn't know what. Like, you know, streaming all the time, just trying to find new things. And I had that Power Rangers uh, fighting game, Battle for the Grid. Yeah, it's funny because, like, Titus played that for a little while, and he fell off that real quick. I'm not surprised. That game, um, it seems really simplistic, and then the more you get into it, like, it has got a actually pretty complex battle mechanics to that game. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I played a little bit of it. I, I didn't really care for it, but, it, I mean, it was cool to see. I didn't like it at first, and then the more that I was playing through the story, the more I was realizing all these other things that I could do that it wasn't obvious at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I was like, damn, this is one of the most like in-depth fighting games I've played in a fucking while. I um, I kind of quit playing fighting games because I realized they take like MMO levels of time commitment to be decent, and I've never been that good at fighting games. Like that, like the best I ever was when I was probably like 10 years old. Um, and I don't know, like I enjoy watching people play fighting games, but I rarely enjoy playing them myself anymore. And like, see, I like the look of Mortal Kombat probably the most, but same. I'm bad at the input method for that game. Like I'm better at street fighter inputs than I am. Yeah. For no, we, we've talked about that where I, I'm very yeah. good with the, uh, up down left, right. And you're much better with the quarter circle. Yeah. And like, if I had to pick a fighting game, like win this round or we're going to shoot you, I would probably play soul caliber. Um, that's the only game that I ever was like actually pretty good at. Um, yeah, I was easily always like a, best in Mortal Kombat, but Soul Calibur is fucking amazing. I mean, that's like a totally different game, though. Like that's that's like kind of a fighting game and also something else. I mean, like it's that, a weapons based fighting game, but I guess that was enough. Like the 3D combat adds another layer of dimension. That's but fair. I'll, it took me a while to enjoy Mortal Kombat in 3D. And like, cause like the first couple of games, they tried to do that whole like sidestepping and moving around the field and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm really glad that they kept the 3D aesthetic and really made it look Mortal Kombat, but decided let's keep the 2D plane. I think that was the right direction for them. Yeah. As to where like Soul Calibur moving in, around in circles is fine. Yeah. And, uh, the other game that Titus played recently, um, he played, uh, what is it? Injustice, I think, is the DC game. Yeah. Um, yeah, he played Injustice 2 because that's on Game Pass. And he's like, oh, I want to play the Batman game. And I was like, it's a fighting game. You didn't really like the last one. And he's like, I want to try it. And I was like, okay, it's free. You can try it. And he played it for... He played through the, the tutorial and I had to help him with some of the more complicated like combos. Because um, the timing windows in that game are pretty fucking rough. Honestly, um, I think Injustice is a trash game, and there is yeah, some bias is. there. There, there's some definite bias there because I also think DC is trash. So, you know, I never thought DC was trash. I never like I was not into comics growing up. Like we've discussed 
just ad nauseum on this show. Um, but I did, I guess I never realized people were like, Oh, this one's good. And this one's bad. I just kind of always liked or didn't care about certain characters. Um, and it feels like that stuff, like, of course the super fans, like super fucking nerds, you know, really got into it over like this one's better or whatever, but it feels like that's kind of come a little more mainstream since we've started getting these like team up movies, like with the Avengers and the justice league movies. Um, yeah, I kind of think like, I didn't really have an opinion, but if I had to say like one of these things doesn't exist anymore, DC would get immediately yeeted off of a cliff into oblivion. Yeah, well, look, here's the thing. I, I always thought DC's uh, writing was fucking garbage. Like, I just... Like, when you get shit like Superman, where it's just like, he's impenetrable to, like, everything, until they realize that was gay, and they're like, I don't know, he's weak to re- green glowing rocks. And I'm like, that's cool. even gayer. I don't want anything to do with that. Like, the only DC character that I like at all is the Flash, who is funny, but, like, I never found the flash all that interesting either. Like this, like the stories for so, them, like DC's writing just was never good for me. So some of their TV shows are okay. Ish. Like the green arrow one is pretty good. Um, arrow. That's a pretty decent show. And the flash is actually pretty good. It's, it's like super hardcore police procedural with superhero. Um, but it handles like, um, I forget his oh. name. The, the well, okay. Well, hold on, hold on. You you just cut out for like the past thirty seconds. I cut out. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I I can hear you now. Oh, okay. Um, I thought I was just saying. I I thought the Arrow was a pretty decent show. Um, it definitely kind of jumped the shark at some point. Um, and they they ha- I forget the characters' names, but they had that fucking shark villain. Yeah. And they had uh the the mind controlling gorilla um but like for those characters being like fucking ridiculous they handled it pretty well um like that was probably the best dc stuff and then the flash show is actually pretty good as well it also got kind of bad pretty quickly but it started out pretty good um but it's like my... basically a straight up police procedural yeah, I mean, D- DC never really had anywhere to go with their comics. It was just kind of like, there is bad guy, they get punched and then thrown in jail, and they will come back. Well, like, and also, it's like, cool. think, about, and... think about how old Superman is. Like, of course, somebody's like, the bestest superhero of all time ever, and he's American. Like, okay, sure, it, it but is like, a thing of its time. Well, no, not really, because, you know, Marvel was doing stuff around the same time, and, like, their characters developed over time a lot. No, I'm I'm not disagreeing, I'm just saying he never left, (laughs) like, he just stayed there. Yeah, well, and that was my problem with DC, is they, they never really wanted to venture very far out of their, like, comfort zone, and, like... I think the most I've really seen from DC, like, there was a big thing years ago where, like two gay characters kissed and like the story didn't change at all. But like, that was, I'm like, that, that it happened. I don't, yay. You know, as to where Marvel, you know, they realized pretty quickly, Hey, this is all getting stale. Even with them trying to modernize their characters over time. And was like, fuck it. We're going to make like a whole multiverse 
and well, just and kept expanding that, on that. And like that was cool. Like some of it was that, really they bad, would have but... they would have like heroes die and that character's mantle be picked up by, you know, a woman instead of a man or a kid instead of an adult, you know. Well, like, I mean, they, they changed Batman, up a Bat- lot of shit. Batman did that too. I mean, to be fair. Well, yeah, but they did it a hell of a lot more over at Marvel. At least from sure. what I've seen. Um, um and now we've got this newcomer, and I'm going to talk about this more in a little bit, but Boom Comics, which is, I mean, they've, I mean, I guess they've been around for like a decade, but like they're still kind of up and running. And like the Power Rangers comics, I guess, really set the stage for them because when the, when their new comics came out, um, you know, they were outselling all of the Marvel series, just all of them. Yeah. Um, so that's fucking impressive. Uh, and then they've got like a Warhammer comic and they're coming out with a magic comic. And I'm like, okay, all right. I, I like what's going on here. Like I'm all about this. Um, I mean, so much to the point. Hold on. Uh, this is, this is the past month of just buying Power Ranger comics. Like I am fucking addicted to these right now. Oh, let me open your stream. I, I oh, forgot yeah. that was a thing. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, no, I've been trying to catch up on, like, all of this crap. Let me know when you're in here. Okay, I can see now. Okay. That's that's what I've bought in the past month. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's, it's, it's a few. Um... I was just kind of looking at some of the the stuff on their website to get an idea for the art style um, yeah the art store art style is pretty good too like i have no complaints with it yeah i mean it's pretty cool it, i don't know i i guess i expected it to be either a lot more cartoony or a lot more realistic and it's somewhere really in between it, it's it's in between all the way and here's one of the reasons i love it is because it keeps all of the old school Power Ranger stuff, like all the stuff we saw on the TV shows and whatnot, is all canon. And they found a way to blend that with all the newer, grittier stuff that they're doing. So that art style really kind of fits that together. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a big fan. They did a great job to this series, and I think they're really reviving this franchise for an audience that, you know, I don't think kids care about Power Rangers that much anymore. I mean, so now they're really speaking that franchise to the people that could still care. I, um, from what great. I've seen, a lot of a lot of kids are watching Power Rangers. They're just not like obsessed. It's not the over same it as it was. Yeah, because there's so much more. Like Titus will watch Power Rangers like once or probably three or four times a week. He'll watch like several hours of it, but then he'll watch you know twenty seven other things and forget about it until he sees a YouTube clip or something. He's like, Oh yeah, I want to go watch that. Yeah. So, um, I um, think it's just like when we were kids, like I was, I was the most hardcore power Rangers fan as a kid. Like I had all the toys and I'm old. So we had a VCR and I went to school an hour away. So by the time I got out of school and got home power rangers had already been on that day and i missed it 
so my grandmother would record the day's episode every day on VHS tapes. So at some point, I had the entire Power Rangers series on VHS tapes, and they're probably up in our attic somewhere. Um, (laughs) But I, I legitimately had every single episode recorded, and I would just watch that show nonstop um as a kid and like i never missed an episode like as it was new and i remember i think i've told the story before but i remember when i was young you know the mcdonald's down the street from my house they had this tour where like a couple of the power rangers were going to different places like the actors in their suits and everything yeah um and just like signing autographs and doing all this like mcdonald's promotion shit and, like, I remember standing in line with, like, hundreds of people for forever to meet, I think, like, the Green Ranger and the Red Ranger or some shit like that. Yeah, I, I um, met the Green Ranger. Um, I want I definitely I still have the autograph for that. It was at, like, C2E2, but I didn't, like, meet him. Like, I didn't walk up and, like, get an autograph because I just always refused to pay for that kind of shit. Um, yeah. And the same with Stan Lee. Like, I just ran into them on the show floor. Um, but I was just like, Hey man, I really loved your show as a kid. It was, you know, great to meet you. And he shook my hand, super nice guy. Just, you know, thanks. And he was probably going to take a piss or something. I don't know. No, um, I was, I was really lucky to get a picture of me next to Stanley just a couple years before he died. So I was, you know, I didn't get a, I didn't get a picture with Stanley. Like I've never really been much of a picture guy. Um, like. I, I wish I had gotten one with Stan Lee because Stan Lee. Um, right. I'm not big on that either, but it was but Stan like, Lee. And, like, I grew up with comics. Like, they were a very important part of my childhood. But, like, so. also, it's kind of, like, enough for me to just be like, yeah, that happened. That was really cool. Like, I, I enjoyed yeah. meeting him. He was super nice. Um, He's know. a character to meet. Yeah. Yeah, he was He was a super cool guy. Um, obviously, super used to just being around rabid fans all the time which makes sense like how much he enjoyed it because it seems much preferable to his home life from what i've read well and you know what the weird thing is is uh i think the most accurate depiction of stanley in any media is small rats yeah for sure it is super like just comes by and starts talking to someone and just starts talking about comic books and shit and it's like oh shit you're stanley it's like yep you know that's pretty that's pretty much how it was yeah yeah it it was he was on that uh comic book men show a few times and he always seemed just like genuinely thrilled to be like hanging out with a bunch of like people that weren't crazy fans like they are super fans of his but they were like around him enough that it was just like friends um and that was cool to see him in that environment but yeah um yeah it sucks that he died but he had a he had a long life and most of it seems like it was pretty good i mean if i look if i could create my own world uh you know movies and comics or whatever and i just got to spend the majority of my life hanging out with people that enjoyed it i would be fucking thrilled like that is the dream yeah Um, and i mean i i always wondered like i guess if i could like ask him a question and this has probably been asked somewhere i'm sure Somebody's be like, oh, it was in this interview. Um, but I would like to know if he ever expected these things that he was creating like early on, like not not right as he created it or thought of it, but like 
early on in the comic book days, if you ever thought he'd get to the point where we were seeing like full length feature films and like, you know, it being the biggest fucking media. I'll I'll be honest. In the world. I kind of I kind of doubt that he did because he didn't like nobody gave a shit about him when he first came around. Like he just was helping write some comics for stuff that was already established and right started creating some new comics that just kind of took off and they were like yeah you're gonna write some more shit because you're making us money um i mean even when we were kids nobody was making comic book movies right like it was like it was like video game movies it was like who the fuck's gonna watch this shit you know and we're all just like we will like (laughs) i think that's kind of what put me off of comic books in general, like for a long time, I didn't know they were even a thing. Like I just, I never had one. I, I didn't go to stores that had them. Um, so I just, I didn't know they were a thing until I was probably like seven or eight years old. Um, maybe older than that, maybe like nine or 10 even. Um, but my grandma bought me, <laughs> I've told this story, but I know we have new listeners. Um, we went on a road trip from Indiana to Florida, we would go there for like spring break every year. And my grandma was like tired of listening, listening to me, like whine about, are we there yet? Um, bought me the death of Superman as my very first comic book. And I'm like looking back and I'm like, why would you think that's a good choice? Um, (laughs) but I think she got it because it was like a super thick, comic book it was like the biggest one they had i'm sure this this will keep you busy for a while yeah so i read that and i'm like well i guess that shit's over and i just assumed that was the end of superman like i didn't know that the thing kept going um i was like oh man that sucks um but like the only exposure i had to superheroes was like the lou ferrigno hulk movies or tv show which is i mean it it's neat like looking back and nostalgia and whatnot, but like it's not good. Um, and then the see, old school Batman. Um, see, for me, it was like you know my my dad wasn't around for the first several years of uh, of my childhood. Like he worked in uh, out of state. Um, and so when he would come by, like he would try to find ways to connect with me. And you know he collected a bunch of comic books and he played video games for a while. Like it was arcade and Atari shit, but. Um, that's like, those are why I love video games and comics, because that's what me and him would bond over all the time. And he was like, you know what you would probably like, because I really like them. Like, what's that? He's like Spider-Man and X-Men. And those were like the first comics I ever ended up getting. I think one of the first comics, I still have it somewhere, is like one of the first times Spider-Man ever goes up against Doc Ock. And I was like, hell yeah, this is wonderful. Yeah. Like. If I had to say there was, like, one comic that I really loved as a kid, it wasn't actually the comic. I loved the X-Men TV show. The X-Men um, TV show was amazing. And, it, yeah, it's still incredible, and the game is still incredible. Um, the arcade game. And then... Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that's one of the best arcade games I ever played. And then the other thing, the other, like, comic book thing that was great was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Um, I was, like, if I had, like, two... And I was like, I was a massive Batman fan later on. Like when they did the, the old school Batman cartoons, mm-hmm. um, I was super fucking into that and GI Joe. Um, and I was like ultra into that shit and had like all the toys and all that shit growing up. And then power Rangers came a little bit later, um, for me. 
Um, <coughs> we'll see. All, before all that, I was like super into He Man. See, I wasn't into most of that stuff. Like, I liked, you know, Batman Forever, Batman Returns. Like, I liked the movies, but I never really cared about Batman. I never really picked up the comics. I never read um, the I comics, but I loved the cartoon. It was great. I I never really got into the Batman uh, animated series until, like, ten years ago. Like, after the whole thing yeah. was over, I finally went through and watched it. And I was like, oh, this is actually really good. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's good. And the voice acting is so good. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did watch Batman Beyond a lot when I came out. I was a big fan of that. See, that's um, when I fell off of it. Was And the same for Power Rangers. I only watched it through the first like group the first okay. generation so so this this brings us back around to the actual power rangers topic here um because i really only ever watched mighty morphin like once it went into yeah. like turbo and all that shit like i dropped off i stopped watching i only cared about the mighty morphin power rangers yeah i, I stopped and, after the white ranger yeah uh, so did i and there was a lot of points where you know every now and then you'd see power rangers this and i'm like is that still going this this mm-hmm. is still a show. How long ago did this start? Um, and they're still going. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, um, Titus has been watching it, and like, it's funny because he he doesn't care for the newest stuff. He likes the original stuff that we watched, and then he likes um, somewhere in the middle. Like, he, there's like he has specific episodes he likes that he picks out of certain seasons. Um. But he'll watch like the whole first generation that we watched, and then after that, like it's real hit and miss for him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so so I go to play this Battle of the Grid game, um, and the intro sequence is very comic booky, and I didn't realize it was actually based off of the new Boom comics because I didn't even realize Power Ranger oh, comics I didn't were know a that. thing. Yeah. It's based off the one of the big main storylines of the comics, at least the first arcs, which is uh, Draken and the rise of Draken and all this other, the Shattered Grid storyline. Um, and I'll explain that in a second. But, like, I didn't know what any of this shit was. I didn't know about the comic books. I haven't followed any of the stories since Mighty Morphin. And I'm just like, yeah, Power Rangers fighting game, cool. And within, like, 20 seconds of the intro... uh. Like, there's a corrupted Green Ranger who just stabs and kills Rita Repulsa. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't remember any of this shit. Yeah, I was a little shocked this... when I saw that. I was like, oh, this is a complete 180 from like, what I remember. Like, nobody was stabbing play... nobody. Yeah, we did play through the beginning of the game. Um, I don't know how far we got, but we played probably an hour of it or something. I mean, the story... I don't know how good the story is, because, to be honest, the storytelling in that game is god-awful. Uh, but from what I understand, I don't think they had much faith in that game in the first place. Mm-mm. Like, it was set up to just be a fighting game. It was like a nostalgia no... hit. No, no, there was no story involved. Um, and then the game actually started selling, and everyone was like, hey, you know what would be really cool? A story mode. So that was actually tacked onto the game after it came out. Well, yeah, that's what I mean, is they were just like, I bet if we put Power Rangers in a fighting game, it'll sell a bunch to nostalgic 30-year-olds. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, totally worked. They were right. <laughs> they were 100% correct. Yeah. So then I started getting interested, and I'm like, okay, so I started looking more into it. Like, who made this game? Where did the storyline come from? And I started seeing the Boom comic stuff. Um, And I started, like, there's all these new Power Rangers. I didn't, there was, like, an Orange Ranger, Purple Rangers. 
I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know any of these. I didn't know any were... of the characters. So one night I start getting onto like the like Power Rangers fandom wiki page, whatever. And I'm just looking through all the shit they have. And I'm like, holy shit. I didn't even realize Power Rangers had a real storyline. And come to find out, it's there's a whole universe and it's fucking complex as shit. And then the comics took it several degrees even more complex. And then kept the original uh, canon and then added a whole bunch of other shit on top of it, which is great fan service to not just be like, we're rebooting it. They're like, nope, everything you remember happened. Then also there was this. So basically the way that it works in the comics, the way that they've had it set up so far, is you remember when when Tommy Oliver, the Green Ranger, first appears. Mm-hmm. And he's like a villain because he's being controlled by Rita. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so the way that this works is like, I guess everything is tapped into the morphing grid, um, which is where all of the powers for all the different Power Rangers come from. Uh, and when Zordon ended up putting Rita into like the fucking space dumpster or whatever, that's in the intro. God, I love uh, that thing. Yeah. She also banished him into like an in-between space within the grid. And that's why you only ever see him in the tube because they basically have to kind of like find out where he is in time so they can communicate with him. Um, and like it, I don't know. It just it got fucking complex. Apparently, there's like Power Ranger like gods and shit. Like I I don't know. There's a whole bunch of shit there. Every time I see Zordon, I think of fucking um the wizard from the Wizard of Oz. Well, and if you look at his counterpart in the Super Sentai series, it basically looks like that. Oh, that's funny. Because it's nothing. Like, it's actually an old guy in, like, a wizard costume. Like, it's not... There's no oh, tune. Oh, yeah, I remember. The face I, I watched a little shit. bit of that on your stream, and I was like, who the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh, I love the way this guy went about doing it, too. He just... Uh, Haim Saban or whatever. He just goes to Japan and starts seeing these series, and he's like, this is cool. I want to bring this to the U.S. Yeah. Um, And he couldn't rip directly off the show, but got permission to use a bunch of the assets so he basically just you know all the fighting scenes and all that shit is ripped from super sentai and then they just because they're wearing the costumes you don't see any faces or anything like it's brilliant actually well and there's little things i didn't notice like if you watch the original mighty Morphin power rangers uh the yellow ranger is always a female in the u.s yeah but the yellow ranger in the super sentai series is male so if you ever see the Yellow Ranger running around in the battle scenes, it's a little they have beefier. No tits. Yeah, there's there's no tits there, and you're like, I never, I never noticed that the entire childhood. I never noticed that it was a guy in that costume. Yeah, I watched, like, I, I, I watched a kids react to Power Rangers. Video. Yeah, I still have to watch that. I saw that you said that, and there was a bunch of stuff in there that those kids noticed that I I didn't notice as a kid, and I'm impressed yeah. that they did. Um, but I guess it's because it's kind of antiquated, and I'm sure they were kind of looking for shit to bitch about. Um, well, I but... think things got more detailed too, as to we were used to. Yeah, I mean everything the was, bar low was low in the '90s. You know, like we didn't have high expectations. We were just into well, it. Like, ah, oh, yeah, karate. Woo! And not <laughs> only that, like the cameras were not very good, so everything was pretty grainy and low res, and you couldn't really make out a lot of detail most of the time. 
Yeah. Um, but one of the things that they noticed, and they ended up like cutting this kids react episode to kind of show all these kids like mentioning it and how many different times it happened. But like every single episode ends with the same sword slash. It's like the identical scene by scene, frame by frame. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, holy shit. I never noticed that it always ended with the exact same animation, basically. <laughs> um, which, of course, that makes sense. But they could have been a little more creative with how they dispatched the bad guys. Yeah, they probably could have. Um, but, but they were just all about footage, so I guess it made sense. For me, Like, I was a huge Voltron fan as a little kid. Same. Yeah, um, Voltron was great. So for me, it was all about, like, summoning the the Zords and, like, the you know, having the robots show up and then forming the Megazord. Like, that was always the thing for me, was, like, that part of the show. And then, like, I, early on, I was kind of into the, like, fight scenes and whatnot. And then I just kind of didn't really care about that stuff too much after, like, you know, not that long. Um, right but like i just i always just wanted to see the the giant robots like my whole life apparently i've been obsessed with giant robots um because like that makes sense sitting here i have three gundam model kits within arm's reach yeah i was gonna (laughs) say once we got once we got done with power rangers and voltron we immediately went on to gundam so and that that is actually what happened to me that's like why i fell off of power rangers um, which my mom probably was thrilled, um, is I got into Pokemon and then around the same time, Toonami was a thing and mm-hmm. I started watching the late night and started seeing some of the anime, like, you know, Ghost in the Shell and Aeon Flux and, you know, a lot of that shit. And that was like my first intro and then Dragon Ball Z happened and that turned mm-hmm. into the show that I watched every day when I got home from school because they would air it twice. They had like, it would be like an hour apart and they'd rerun the episode. So I would get home in time to see the second showing. Um, And I watched all of Dragon Ball Z on Toonami as it came out in the U S and I was like, that's a long time, dude. I think it was probably like four years. years. Yeah. It was like probably yeah, yeah. three or four years of me watching that. And I don't think I actually saw the conclusion of the series. I, I, I would have to look it up. No, Maybe. I think I made it I made it halfway through the Boo series and then I just I ran out. I like at, by that point I was getting older and I had shit to do and it was just well, like, okay. I was I wasn't too old for that, I don't think. Um maybe I was, I don't know, but um I it feels like they quit showing it at the same time or something like something changed. No, they, they slowed down. Or, yeah. They the, weren't, or the it was like one a week. Well, it was only that, but there was like a solid year where we just kept waiting for the Frieza saga to conclude. And then okay, every time yeah. you thought that it was going to conclude, they ran out of dubbed episodes and then just started the whole saga over again. And I'm like, dude, there's only so many times I can watch the Frieza saga without it ending before I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. Yeah. I, uh, I, I definitely remember like the first time they like reran an episode and it wasn't like they started over when they first did that. Cause I don't think they knew that it was going to be like a long, long time, but they just like picked a random episode and replayed it. Um, yeah. and I was like, I've already seen this one. What the hell? 
And, and there was no notification. You're waiting no. for the next episode, and it's like, here's a rerun instead. I'm like, well, I don't want to watch this. Well, like, and then I and then I think it happened again a time or two, and I kind of gave up on it for a while. And I think the last the time I checked back after that, like, you know, probably a couple months later, they had restarted the whole series over. And I was like, oh, I guess that's done then. And I, you know, yeah. my kid brain was just on to the next thing at that point. Um, and then Pokemon was the other show that I watched religiously and my grandma taped all the episodes for me. Like I also watched that whole show and have it on VHS. Watched that one for a good long time too. Yeah. Um, so, so there's this, so the, the way they did it with Power Rangers was there's multiple universes and in one of them, the Green Ranger doesn't end up having the spell broken and doesn't join the Power Rangers and instead continues to serve Rita ah. and just continuously becomes more and more powerful and then just starts taking like the power coins from the Power Rangers and then just fusing them into himself, making himself into like a god. Hmm. Uh, and after he like completely destroys Earth and kills off virtually everybody, just starts going into other universes and doing the same thing. Does his uh does his Zord change as well? He ends up with what's called the Black Dragon Zord. It's like a corrupted version of the Dragon Zord. Okay, that but he it's has. not like evolving as he adds more power coins or something. He no, I don't think so. Like a, a Mega Dragon Zord. No, what, so, cool. what, so what he ends up doing is, so I guess the way it works is it becomes, his power becomes too unstable and will kill him if he takes, like, all the power coins from, like, a certain set of rangers. So I guess the way it works is the, the power coins for each set of rangers accesses the, the morphing grid in a different way. And so he only really needs one from each group of the Power Rangers. Ah. So like he only needs one from Mighty Morphin, one from Turbo, one from Zeo, and then he uses the rest of them to create like an army of like Power Ranger clones, hmm. more or less. So he ends up with this army of like Red Rangers and Yellow Rangers and can control all the Zords and just takes all the power away from the Power Rangers and then just starts going to other universes and doing the same thing. Uh, and that's Draken. That's the guy that you yeah. see stab Rita in the beginning. Um, and when he does that, it fractures all of time and space, which is the Shattered Grid timeline. Okay. Um, and so it was kind of nice. And, like, it ends up with the original characters that we're used to uh, end up, like, facing off with him along with, like, a bunch of Power Rangers from every single season that had, has existed up to this point. So, like, the comic books do this massive fan service where it's like, hey, do you ever want to see the Blue Ranger from Mighty Morphin fight with the Yellow Ver uh, Ranger from, like, Lost Galaxy? Because that's fucking happening now. I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, it was great. And then they used that, like, once that arc ends, it has a bunch of different repercussions and kind of changes the way the timeline works all together. Um, so it just sets up for this whole new series of stories that doesn't really erase anything that we saw as kids. It just kind of adds a whole new thing. Right. Um, and I, you know, and it got <laughs> in depth. Like there's a, like they explain why Zordon uses teenagers. Like, why would you use teenagers to fight all these like thousands of year old villains and shit? 
And there's a comic arc called the 1969 Power Rangers where, uh, like, there's another Green Ranger called Psycho Green that comes from, like, another team or something like that. <laughs> and he's trying to release Rita from her early. And so Zordon picks, like, the best and, like, brightest minds of the Earth in, like, the late 60s and gives them the the abilities of the Power Rangers. But the problem is, like, they're adults with, like, all their own fucked up issues and racism and all this other crap, and they don't trust each other, and they don't work well together. Um, and so they end up, all but one of them ends up dying. Hmm. Uh, and Zordon's like, oh, wow, that was a complete failure. I fucking hate myself. Uh, and then starts figuring out like, maybe I should story with teenagers that, you know, don't have all that fucked up shit in their head yet and are more willing to work together. Um, and that's where he ends up picking like the original Mighty Morphin team. Cause they're all already friends and they want to help each other. And they already have like a good heart. He's like, yeah, those guys, let's you know, do that. I, I like, always, I always kind of wondered like what happens when the power Rangers get older, like, you're not going to have the lawyer ranger who's like, your honor, I've, I've got a call for a recess. I, I got to go fucking fight a monster right now. So the comics do actually deal with that. And like, I'm reading the newest series, the comic book series that's currently coming out as we speak. Um, And it deals with the fact that like, you've got the original team with like the season two replacements where like the original red ranger goes, it's like the original red, yellow and black ranger all go and get replaced by different actors. Yeah. Um, and so in the comic books, these guys actually all go start doing other like meta shit. Okay. Um, and at some point end up disagreeing with Zordon about like the best way to go about protecting the universe. And so now they're, like, fighting Zordon as the Omega Rangers. And, like, it's got its whole other, like, they've got a thing for all these other Power Rangers. Like, what happens when they get older and what else do they keep doing? And, like, some so of them just how retire. Old are they? How old are they when they, they do this? Are they, like, college age or are they, like, adults? It's, like, 20s or 30s. Like, they're still fairly young. Because, like, I'm just, like, did these kids just, like, get picked up by this, like, you know fucking supernatural being for all intents and purposes and then like never have the rest of their life play out and they're just in this whole thing for the rest of their lives now or do they like so, give it up and go to college and you know so so all of the power coins i guess are powered um and that power can be transferred and some of them become deactivated and shit like that so like some power rangers legitimately just stop being power rangers Others go on to being Power Rangers for, like, forever. Some of them now are, like, aliens. Some of them are time travelers. Um, some of them, like, go on and, uh, you know, start their own sets of Power Rangers outside of what Zordon does. It has some, like, Green um, Lantern vibes. It's It's so complex. There's so much to it. That's why I'm so addicted to these comics, because I'm like... There is an amazing storyline here that I was never expecting from the Power Rangers franchise, and it is really fucking good. And, like, one of them, like I told you about the 1969 Rangers. Yeah. Well, one of the, I, th I think there's actually, like, two of them that survived. The original, original Red Ranger um, survives, and, like, 
loses her power. Like Zordon takes all the power away, so she's not a Power Ranger anymore. But starts doing this like underground facility shit. It's a whole like humanity trying to figure out how to protect themselves and not rely on Zordon to do it. Um, Cause she's also pissed about the fact that, you know, everyone on her team died and shit like that and starts like advising the red Ranger that we're familiar with. Like, Hey, I understand what you're trying to do. And I understand that you trust Zordon. Here's a bunch of reasons why you should maybe fucking not, <laughs> you know, that makes sense very bitter you know trying to do other shit so you know it's like i said it got real gritty it got real weird but then there's also parts of the comics where like uh it it harkens back to the cheesiness like bulk and skull are still in there and they have their own storylines and shit oh wow i haven't thought about them in probably 20 years they're still in all the comics. There's in the in the the part of Shattered Grid where it's like the destroyed version of Earth when the Green Ranger stays evil. Like Balkan Skull joined the resistance with all the other Power Rangers that like lose their power that are still trying to save Earth. And like Skull, I think, actually uh infiltrates uh like Draken's army and becomes like one of the Red Ranger clones or something like that. So, like, they actually stay in the story. It's pretty, like, post-apocalyptic Power Rangers is actually a pretty neat part of the storyline. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, so, it seems like it, it seems like they had a lot more to say than they were able to do with the show, which is kind of just always the case, right? Well, so there was a weird point there, and I'm, I had to look at the timeline to see what happened. So you had uh, Haim Saban slash, like, Fox doing everything for years. And then it got picked up by like another company, and Saban lost his rights to it. And I think I think Disney picked it up because you would like it was on like Disney's XD or whatever for like a number of years. Yeah, it's on and, Disney Plus now. And those series didn't hit well. Like a lot of people just kind of stopped caring, and it got real stupid. Um, and then they tried to do like like. It, Eventually, they were just like, well, we ran this franchise into the ground, so I guess we're done with it now. And then Saban ends up getting the rights back after they're just more like, we destroyed your creation, you can have it now. And he goes and tries to create the 2017 Power Rangers movie, which I didn't even know came out. I I actually watched those movies, and they were not good. Well, this, this was just one movie. Like The original two movies were cheesy in a way. No, I, I mean the new ones. Yeah. Uh, well, there's just one. Oh, I thought there was two. Well, what I, I watched the new one then, and I it yeah. was not good. I I haven't watched it yet. I plan on watching it. I heard it wasn't good. It got very negative reviews. Um, and it just not even been a Power Rangers movie too was the real well, thing. It was him trying to reboot it and being like instead of just being a kids thing, like he was trying to do the whole like let's pander to thirty year olds and make it like every other Hollywood movie and everyone hated that. Okay, and I was wrong. It is not on Disney Plus. I was thinking it was, but it it was on Netflix and they apparently took a ton of it off. Say so, yeah, some of it's on there. Like the original Mighty Morphin's still on Netflix. The original is on there. Beast something is on there. I, I can't be strangers. I can't read it because they put their stupid new episodes thing over it. Mini forces yeah. on there. I'm not um, sure. Mini force is actually a part of it. Oh, you're probably right. 
It just looks like them. Um, Super Ninja like, Steel, yeah. which, wow, that name. That Some of the names bad. get real stupid. They, did you know there's a did you know there's a series of Power Rangers that's like they're all pirates? Oh god. I it's that that one's actually pretty dope. Yeah, I know they had like when Titus was watching it, there were there was one where they were like all cops. Like it was Oh ridiculous. yeah, it's like uh SPD or something like that. Yeah, I I don't remember the name, but there was a lot of uh there was Dino Supercharged, Dino Thunder uh super mega force the legendary battle extended ninja storm um there's the samurai one which apparently is one of the better ones yeah yeah titus never really got into that one he liked the spd and i think he liked the the turbo one and he liked the dinosaur one i i'm in the process of slowly going through and watching all of them but that is that's hundreds and hundreds of episodes that's like dbz or that's like yeah. dragon ball franchise level episodes so i'm it's gonna take me a while yeah Um, yeah and a lot of it's not so great no but it's great in a very childish way so i don't i don't care um but yeah i mean like the fact that so after there's all this like it being reacquired and all that i guess it ultimately i think saban still has a hand in it but it got picked up more or less by hasbro which is about the same time boom started making comics for it um, it makes and now total I guess... sense that Hasbro owns that, by the way. Do what? It makes total sense that Hasbro owns Power Rangers. Oh, yeah, 100%. And like... I guess I, I guess Fox or Disney or somebody ended up, well, I guess because Fox and Disney are like the same now, um, ended up buying like a, like a minimal uh, stake in the franchise again because they realized they fucked up. Well... Um, but and... now it's starting to do really good again, especially with the comics getting as much. Like, the comics got so popular... When they did the Shattered Grid storyline, they actually made a trailer video for the comics, and it was a live-action video. Oh, weird. Um, and it's about... The whole thing is Draken sitting on the throne and, like, looking at all these clips of all the old Power Rangers shows, like, as if those are the alternate realities that he's actually watching. Mm-hmm. And they got the original... You know, they got the guy that played Tommy Oliver. And... Because Draken is is older, because he's been doing this for a while in the comics, it makes sense because now the actor is actually older. Um, they did that trailer really well. I just watched it today, and I was like, "Oh my god, okay. man! They got the original fucking Green Ranger in there." Fuck yeah, J- yeah, Jason David Frank. Yeah, that's sure. it. Yeah. yeah, he's the guy I met. He's pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, met the, the, and the uh, fact... I met the Blue Ranger too at some point. I don't think I ever met any. Of the I think other it was Rangers, the Blue Ranger. Green and red, I think that was it. Yeah, it was either I, it was either the blue or the red ranger that I met at a, a Comic Con. Um, but yeah, they were all nice. I mean, I didn't realize there was a Power Rangers convention, which I guess makes sense, right? Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't know that was a thing, but i I wouldn't have I wouldn't have ever said, of course that's not a thing. I would say, of course that's a thing. The <laughs> thing, right? There's a con for everything. Um. But I really want to go to it. The only problem is it's in California. I'm like, eh. I wish they would stop having everything in fucking California. Like, I don't understand why more cons aren't in Chicago because okay. it is just at the center of everything. Here's the here's the thing with Power Rangers, though. Like, almost every season of Power Rangers that takes place on Earth takes place in California. Well, yeah. So 
it does make sense. <laughs> that one particular con makes a lot of sense, but I, mean, I also I really, mean, really hate California, and I don't ever want to go there again. The people that live there don't want to be there. I mean, some of them do, and they deserve that place, but I don't want to go there <laughs> at They all. deserve this. Um, so, I don't know... I don't know how true this is, but it's something I heard from a lot of people um, was that Hasbro was looking for, and maybe not Hasbro, but whoever made the toys. And I think it was them. I think um, it was Hasbro. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I believe they were looking for a new line of toys to be popular because GI Joe's had fallen off and aged out. Um, and they were looking for something and they must've like just run into, um, Saban or maybe they, like I heard multiple versions of this story where he pitched it to them because he knew that it had potential to make turn out just tons and tons of toys. And then I also heard that they were looking for, they went to Japan to look for, things that they could rebrand over here. And that one worked right. out really well because of the whole helmets and suits and things. No. So from what I understand, cause I was reading about this before, um, they weren't doing that. Uh, the only reason that that ended up happening, like the only reason we got stuff like Pokemon was because of power Rangers, right? Because nobody wanted to rebrand anything from overseas, especially from Japan. And they didn't want and- us to, they still don't. And Saban was just like, look, dude, I, I, I can work with these people that do the Super Sentai series, and there's a ton of content here, and we can reuse it. It can be real cheap. Uh, we can definitely make it so that, you know, a ton of toys out of it. Like, it can totally be a thing. And he got told no, like, one or two times. Um, because the Super Sentai series he was using, like, if you look at the costumes and shit, like, nobody was going to watch that shit. Uh, and then they picked the one that, is, that became the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that we know now. Right. And uh, they started doing some pilots with that. And I guess Fox was just like, sure. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. We'll go with it. It's in our price range. Uh, And that became so wildly popular. Then everybody wanted to start bringing shit over from Japan and making it for America because they were like, oh, yeah, there's some fucking money in that. So, you know, if you like Pokemon, you can thank Power Rangers for that because it likely would have not been a thing, at least not when it was. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for Power Rangers. Yeah, and I, I don't think it hurt either that at around the same time you started seeing the late night MTV stuff where they'd show anime and then you would see it on Toonami a little bit later on. And yeah. that kind of kept that train rolling of like, oh, this stuff does work over here. Um, you know, we start getting stuff like DBZ and that sort of thing. You You can't live in a populated area in the U.S. and not run into weeps. Like, anime exploded in this country like crazy. Well, and, like, even if they're not, like, weebs, like, I I don't really consider myself a weeb because I'm not, there's not that many animes that I really, really like. And it's not, I'm not the guy that watches every anime or every big anime even. No, like, but we we both we both have a little bit of the weep. We we both have had our well, our time with I, anime. I think yeah, and what I'm what I'm getting at is like even if you've got people that aren't like super weebs, you've got people like me that like watch Dragon Ball Z every day after school and like 
you know, it, it's a huge thing in the black community too. Oh yeah. Um, like almost every, every single black person that I've met, which is a lot of a very, very large number, <laughs> um, especially like growing up in a black community. Um, and like all of my friends being not white, um, all of them were massive DBZ fans. Oh, and let's not even get started on like Naruto and One Piece in the black community. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, it's it's ridiculous. I didn't watch Naruto until I was in college, um, and I watched the entire series um, over the course of like I want to say like two weeks or something. Um, but no, it's it's so much so like I ran into this weird culture sh- shock thing. We're like, I was going to hang out with uh, with the, the girl that I'm seeing now. I went to go hang out with her friends. Um, it was like a brother and one of her friends or something like that. And, you know, we're just sitting there smoking and they're doing some hood gangster talk shit. I'm, I'm only kind of paying attention. And her friend looks at me like they like it, we just hit that awkward silence. And then he just looks at me. He's like, all right, so who's caught up on one piece? And I was like, what the? fuck just happened like we just went from gangster to one piece in like half a second like <laughs> yeah and we ended up spending an hour watching like and one then you piece realized TV videos and i'm like all right sure you yeah, realized that, that nothing changed it was, nothing changed. <laughs> it was still hood shit um but that was great i was just like i'm sorry you want to watch dbz videos yeah i'm here for that shit like let's absolutely Let's watch some DBZ shit. <laughs> yeah, that and the other thing that I didn't realize was like a huge part of that culture, you know, especially with like our generation, was like Japanese RPGs and Final Fantasy specifically. Um, you know, and like, of course, we all grew up playing those games and everything, but like my best friend growing up, like his older sisters who like weren't into video games at all. Like, we would have, like, hours-long conversations about which, you know, which type of mage from Final Fantasy was the best. Was it the blue mage or the red mage? Like, we would <coughs> argue mage. over this shit forever. Um, <laughs> and, like, I was always a huge fan of um, the black mage and the blue mage. And they were always, you know, like you, they were big red mage fans. Like, of course, now I'm like, they're fucking all cool as shit and are all powerful as hell. Um, I mean, like, I'm never, I'm never ever going to play Final Fantasy one without a black mage. Like that's just not right. going to happen. Like I was always <laughs> like the black mage is the first one. Everybody knows like the white or black mage, one of those. Right. Um, and I was always like super into the aesthetic of the black mage, like the, the big fucking wizard hat, um, you know, the big cloak and you never see their face like that's super cool. And then we got Final Fantasy Tactics, and that was, like, a huge deal in our circles. And, like, for me, the mage artwork was, like, the best artwork in that whole game. So, yeah. Oh, that's fair. Um, um, no, it, it, yeah, I, well, I think part of the problem is demographics and marketing. Um, because in the U.S., and we still do this, you know, you've got your your show or your product or whatever, and you're trying to hit like the Asian community, the black community, the white community, kids, adults. Like they're just kind of like we're trying to tailor this specifically for this market. And Japan was just kind of like, I don't know, man. 
we don't really have that here. We're just trying to market everything to hit as many people as possible. Yeah, like maybe uh, they were like doing a little bit of age demographics, but sure, it, it was not the same as here where you've got entirely different cultures all living together. Like they have different cultures, but not not the not same way. The, yeah, not the same variety that we have. Where you know you've got thousands of years of African culture right up next to thousands of years of Mexican culture. And then you've got the new European culture and it's just yeah. like, but I, and I think that's know. one of the reasons that Japanese stuff like mighty Morphin power Rangers and Pokemon and final fantasy. I think it's one of the reasons that it brings all those demographics together because they were never designed to hit a, a specific demographic. Right. As like everything we make here is, so when we started getting a lot of that Japanese stuff, like it was made to hit everybody and it absolutely did. And that's one of the things that I've loved because even if you take like, uh, like for instance, the Pokemon company, I'm a big fan of the Pokemon company because they're trying to make sure it's still tailored toward, towards kids, but they know they have an older audience and they're trying to make some things look awesome and they're trying to make other things look cute. And they, they really do their best to try and bring everyone together. Um, and I, I really appreciate that, you know? Um, and I think yeah. Power Rangers is starting to do the same thing as a franchise. Final Fantasy was always doing that. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I very much appreciate that uh, Japanese culture as far as coming to you just hit as many people as possible instead of trying to target for a specific demographic. Yeah. And it, it's funny, too. Like, when you look at how much influence Japan has over the video games industry and its history and the games that we play now, like final fantasy, you know, FF 14 versus tactics. Um, you know, there's just a world of difference. And then seven versus the seven remake. Um, you know, it's really fascinating to see how all that evolved, but then you look at, you know, America and our entertainment culture and history. And like, if you want to look at like, you know, people that are defining cinema, there's a strong case to be made that it's the U S that really, really put, put a real firm ground, like a foundation in with like our eighties movies, like that shit, like the tropes from the eighties movies have carried out, you know, they've gone out in waves into the entire world and kind of shaped how everything has gone well, I influenced I think, it. I, I think we we are losing that, if not lost it. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's definitely gotten just like everything else. Like we have the internet now, so we're not like stuck with. Here's what you get. Well, no, like, we that, can go but that's and get not other stuff. But that's not what I mean. I mean, like, so with if you take if you take a look at like '80s movies, right? Um, even the best ones uh, kind of suck. Like just yeah. from a. You know, the special effects were awful and the, everything was kind of cheesy. But, like, that was the thing, right? It was a little bit lower budget and people had more room for creative freedom because it was like, yeah, I don't know, man, you, you don't have much to work with. So if you can make it interesting or funny, like, go back and watch the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. If you put that up against a movie now, that movie is absolutely shit. But at the same time, it's far more original than pretty much anything we get anymore. Well, um, um, Star Wars is a great example of that, too. When you look yeah. at how all of the space scenes were filmed with models and, you know, scale, like scale models, and then how they went and did everything digital for the prequel series, 
and everybody hated it. And, you know, some of the younger kids liked it, but like all of their original fan base was just like, what the hell did you do? And then there was this huge push to make sure that the new films were all costume and model again and shot in uh, actual film instead of digital film. And that made a huge, huge difference on just how that whole universe has played out. And, you know, for better or worse, I I feel like the newer movies uh, were at least a step up from the the prequel trilogy. At least it looks like looking at it and like, well, and so the nailing that universe feel. I think the looks have become the biggest problem because our, our cinema, especially in the eighties became so, I guess, widely popular both here and abroad that, you know, people started dumping a lot of money into movies. And so that's kind of the problem now because now movies have become so expensive and they become so CG heavy. uh, And we have the power to do that, that like nobody wanted to take chances. So now we're just remaking shit over and over again and using these nice, slick, clean graphics. It's, I think that was the biggest problem with trying to do power Rangers in 2017 with that reboot movie is it just, it went with the same standard bland looking like, yeah, Hollywood invested like way too much fucking money and just making shit look sleek. And it just kind of lost all of its fucking flavor. It really did. Yeah. Um, But I think that's, even though we still kind of hold the standard for like movies coming out, I think we're rapidly losing that as technology catches up and it becomes cheaper and easier for everyone all over the place to make those same things. I mean, if you go on YouTube right now and look up dust, that's a bunch of no name people making these sci-fi films. And like a lot of them aren't great, but at the same time, they're still able to hit that same level of like, you know, production quality. Right. Uh, so, so now, now that's starting to, now it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, well now you got to go back to interesting original concepts or the U S is not really going to be in charge. You know, Hollywood's not going to become as important on the global stage anymore. Right. So we'll see what happens. Speaking of like old movies and shows and stuff. Um, I went back and I rewatched Firefly last week. Yeah. Um, you were telling me about that. And I, I had watched it like I didn't, I never sat and watched the entire thing because I think when I tried to watch it, I was like renting the DVDs from the video store, which just completely shut down finally. Um, also like a week or two ago, um, which was sad. Um, but, um, so I, I went back and I watched Firefly and I didn't really remember any of it because I didn't watch it all in a run. I watched it like I'd watch like an episode, like how, like probably two or three episodes at a time. Um, well, and that show's so short because it got cut in the middle of the first season that it's, it's kind of worth just watching them all in a row, like just marathoning them if you can, you know? Yeah. And I, I went back and I did that finally and I enjoyed it a lot more doing it that way. Um, and the thing that I, I went and watched like a YouTube video on like, Hey, here's why this show will never come back. Um, like what aside from one of the actors that? are dead and a lot of the other characters are much older now. <laughs> well, and let's not forget that they recently canceled Joss Wheaton. Um, oh, I didn't realize, but I also don't care. 
Well, and it wasn't like a like a harassment thing of like it wasn't a sexual harassment thing or anything like that. Um it was a this guy is a fucking monster to work for. Like he's just the biggest pain in the ass, like hard to work for, complete dick about everything, crazy person. Um and everyone was like, Yeah, no, all of us thought that, so don't work for him. <laughs> Um, which I guess that doesn't really surprise me, um, because I, I've worked for that, that person before, um, not Joss Whedon, but like that persona. Um, but, um, but anyway, so they were talking about, you know, what happened to the show? Like what, how did they get fucked over? And one of the thing, the first thing that I like really was like, holy shit Apparently the finale was supposed to be the first show, the first episode. Um, and they aired like half of the episodes out of order. Apparently when they put the show on the air, they didn't play the show in the right order. Right. Which is kind of a big problem for that show. If you've watched it. Um, and then the other thing is they, ended up moving it to the Friday night slot, which was apparently like the death slot. And over the course of, I want to say like two years, 51 TV shows were all canceled in that time slot. Yeah. Um, which, you know, they obviously just wanted to get rid of that show. Um, but then when they did the serenity film, um, they were trying to when he, he did an interview and he was talking about like trying to make a show that, you know, super fans would really enjoy. But then he also had to introduce all of these characters, like 14 main characters to a new audience and make them care about them. And it, it didn't really work. It wasn't possible to do that. So he ended up, giving all the screen time to basically the main character and the villain and all the other characters that everybody cared about weren't really getting any screen time in that movie. Um, and one of the things that they talked about, like if you want people to latch onto a series, cause it was basically, they were like, Hey, if this movie is profitable, we'll reboot it. And we'll, you know, we'll give you another season of the TV show. Um, and the reason that a couple of the characters died in the movie and didn't really have much of a story at all was because they, they, they weren't able to sign a long-term contract if they got another TV show or another couple of movies. So Josh said, okay, well, I can't count on these characters continuing to be in my show or movies. So I have to write them out. So he killed them in the movie, which pissed off all the fans. Um, but it, it actually wasn't really his fault. It was like legitimately like, hey, this won't work this way. So I have to do this. But that was just another thing that was just like another nail in the coffin for that show. Um, See, I think that show and I, I think there's numbers to support this, too. Like that show really took off after they made the movie after the show was canceled. Right. 
and and people didn't even start realizing it until it was almost out of the theater. So it didn't even do that well in the box office when it first came out. Um, so, like for me, I just like I saw, hey, there's a space movie in the theaters. Do you guys want to all go see this movie called Serenity? I'm like, yeah, that looks kind of funny. Let's go watch it. And so I go to watch this movie, and I'm like, yo, this movie was dope as shit. I fucking loved it. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's based on a TV show. And I'm like, when the fuck was this a TV show? I would have watched this immediately. It's like, oh, yeah, no, Fox didn't advertise it, dumped it on a shitty, like, time slot, and then canceled it before the first season was over. So even if you want to go watch the show, good luck, because most of it didn't even become a thing. And I'm like... Yeah, so I'm just finding out about it. What the fuck? <laughs> so the other thing that really kind of blew my mind, and I never really thought about this, was they were apparently trying really hard. So they had a marketing company decide on doing a grassroots marketing push for this, which equates to we don't want to spend any money on marketing this, the movie. Um. So what they did was they did um, something like, Basically, they did, I want to say, 50, 50 different pre-screenings where people could like buy tickets early and go see it like a couple of months early. And it was so popular that they ended up selling out before they ever announced the new dates because they'd sell out the initial like 10. And then they'd say, oh, let's do another 10. And people were already calling the theaters saying, hey, I want to pre-buy tickets for the the upcoming showings that might happen. Um, so they were selling out before they ever formally announced it because people were just calling the theaters until they could get a ticket. Um, and they ended up showing the movie to over a hundred thousand people before the movie ever actually released. So when the movie came out, the actual numbers, like when they say like how the movie did, didn't include a hundred thousand people that saw the movie. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of those people that went and saw it multiple times at the pre-screenings didn't go, you know, after it was officially out. Um, so yeah, especially after they were like kind of pissed off about how the, what, you know, the way they went with some of that stuff. It was, it was a poorly executed show from like a production and advertising standpoint. And it's one of those missed opportunities where like star Wars was supposed to be that same kind of missed opportunity and they lucked out and really broke through the mold. And I feel like if firefly was able to do the same thing, it would have really took off too. And unfortunately it just didn't have the same luck at all. So the other interesting bit was apparently they hired uh, Joss to make another show they said hey we want you to do another show for us after the success with buffy and uh all that stuff he had two he previous was on, he was on star trek too wasn't he i i don't know um but he had two super successful series on um tv and they said hey we want you to write another buffy essentially is what they told him um but he decided and like i guess we we put the blame on him for this but like he was like, this is how I can do the thing. He said, I've always wanted to make a space Western. So he went and made the pilot for a space Western. And they made him change it three times before they would even let him do it. And they weren't going to let him do it. And the person that greenlit Buffy said, 
you know what? I'll let you do it. So she said, go, we'll order 14 episodes. And then if it does well, you know, we can keep going from there. I'll give you a chance. Um, but they made him like cut the budget to a third of what it initially was when he shot the pilot. And that really impacted the production on that show. But, um, so they ended up cutting the, the series off early. They said, Hey, we're going to cut the production budget for this show. It's over. Apparently him and a couple other people ended up paying like a hundred thousand dollars or more per episode for like the remaining four episodes or something. Like they paid out of pocket to continue on with that. Well, and it never, and the first season still never got finished, which is frustrating. Well, they ordered; they only ordered fourteen episodes. They they technically did. They just kind of had to like drop the budget for it and make it on a shoestring. Um, no, I don't think. No, no, no. There's extra episodes of season one. Like they already had the storyboards ready. Like they were originally supposed to air on TV, and then they did because of the budget. They just got cut entirely. Never made it into the first season. So, like, if you watch Serenity, there's no, um, uh, the, the fucking, the doctor, priests, whatever the hell it is guy. Not the doctor, the, the priest. Yeah. Um, he was supposed to die in season one. Yeah. And it just, because, so, like, when you get to the movie, he's just dead and everyone's just going on as if those episodes were made. But, like, those episodes never came out at all. Right. I don't know how that works. Like, I'm just going based on what I read. Um, But what I read was they ordered 14 episodes from the pilot. Um, So I don't know if maybe there was supposed to be like a second part of season one or something like, you know, season one, part two or something like that. Um, And like eight more episodes or something. And they were like, hey, we'll let you do those if this does good. Um, but I know that the show was sold halfway through or somewhere around there. And that's why it got put into that shitty slot was they were like, Oh, we don't like you. Um, so now, or it was something like somebody in charge of, of TV or whatever, um, ended up like taking over, like there was a shift in management and they didn't like that show or Joss and said, yeah, fuck you and your show. Look what I can do and put it in the death slot. Um, but apparently there was some kind of like personal issue between him and somebody at the, the main office that was like, Hey, I don't like what you did or said to me. So I'm going to kill your TV show. Lovely. Mm-hmm. He also did, um, uh Dr. Horrible sing along blog. Yeah. Which may be the only musical in existence that I don't hate. I don't um, know that I ever watched it. You should. It's only like 30, 40 minutes long. Like okay. it's pretty short. Uh and it also has Nathan Fillion as well as uh the redhead from the guild. Uh, I she's pretty popular. I should know her name at this point, but I don't. Yeah, I always forget her name too. Um, uh, is it Felicia Day? I think so. I think that's who it is. That's the G4 lady. Right? Uh, I don't think so, no. Yeah, no, she was in the guild. 
And then she was in the web series for Dragon Age. Yeah. Um, and was in just a bunch of other stuff. So, oh, you know what? I always mix her up with uh, the lady that played Psylocke in X Men. Morgan Webb, I think, is her name. Yeah, Morgan Webb was the G Four lady. I always mix those two up in my brain. I don't know why they don't even look anything alike. Not really. Um, but yeah, so Felicia Day's in there. Um, Nathan Fillon's in there, and the main character is uh, uh fucking Dookie Hauser. Oh, nice. Uh, what is it? Uh, God damn, I'm just doing bad with names I, tonight. I'm really bad at, at actor names. Um, so am I. Um, how, does it, how is it not the first thing when you look it up? Neil right, Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick fucking Harris. That's who it is. Um, I, and you know what's funny is I always think of him in Super or Super Troopers, Starship Troopers. <laughs> oh, I um, forgot he was in that. I usually so the first time I ever saw him and remembered who he was because I watched Starship Troopers first, but I never really paid attention to the actors that much. Um, was Harold and Kumar? Yeah, because th- they were just like him, yeah, like fuck up Dookie Hauser, and I'm just sitting there the whole time thinking who the fuck is dookie hauser and i only just even saw that show last year so also what the fuck kind of name is dookie hauser uh, yeah let's not even get into that um i i didn't start becoming familiar with him until my you know one of my best friends got me watching like the entirety of how i met your mother yeah i and i, I was like that. i was like i don't know who this guy is but i fucking want to see more of him like <laughs> Like it's, he needs to be in more things. It's such a fucking fantastic thing to go and watch How I Met Your Mother, knowing who Neil Patrick Harris is. That he's like the ladies' man in that show. Yeah, and especially yeah. after you watch Dookie Hauser. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, well, he doesn't even like the ladies, so this is this must be really entertaining for him to make this show. Like, he must have just had such a fucking great time filming that. He looks like he had a good time filming it. Like, he, he is always happy as a motherfucker on that show. Which, I, that makes a lot of sense, given the context. He's um, he's become one of those actors, like, it's like uh, Danny DeVito or Edward Norton, where, like, if they're, or Simon Pegg, even. If they're in something, I'll at least take a look. Yeah. You know? Yep, that's true. Yeah, I might not like it, but I'll take a look. Yeah, there's like a handful of actors and actresses that like you could show me a picture and I'd be like, oh, that's so-and-so. You know, granted, I just forgot his name, but just brain fart. Um, You want to talk about somebody that's bad with actors. I'm realizing as I get older how many fucking times I've seen Danny DeVito throughout my life and somehow never realized I kept looking at the same person. And that happens with a lot of actors, but Danny DeVito is hard to mix up with literally anybody else. Yeah, that's like mixing up carrot top <laughs> with somebody. Right. You're just like like there's a lot of actors that kind of look similar or something like, oh yeah, I have seen that guy before. But Danny DeVito is one of those people where like, once you know who he is, like anytime he's on screen, it doesn't matter what costume he's wearing, you're like yeah, there's nobody that's like that height and stature that talks or acts that way. Like that's oh, fucking. You mean the penguin? Know. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, he was in the Batman movies, and then I went back and looked at it, I'm like, oh, shit, I guess I've known about Danny DeVito for a fucking while now, haven't I? Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, him and, like, there's, like, a couple of actors that fall into that category of, like, you couldn't replace this person with any other human being. And the other one is Gilbert Godfrey. Like, yeah, that's fair. Part like a big part of it is his voice, obviously. His voice. Oh, because I always remember him as Iago. Yeah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. God, I love that movie too. Yeah, um, Aladdin was great. And I, I love the Aladdin Super Nintendo game. I didn't realize until I started watching speed runs and they talked about this that. Aladdin and Lion King had totally different games on Super Nintendo and Sega. Yeah, which means you and me had a different experience because I played everything yeah. on Sega. I didn't play much of the Lion King, but I play. I beat Aladdin. I played so here's the funny thing. I played Lion King on Sega, which I didn't play much of it because I fucking hated it, and I still yeah, think I was, it's a bad game. Yeah, I didn't like um, it at all. But then I also only played the super Nintendo version of Aladdin. So when I'm watching the speed run and they're playing the Sega version, I'm like, what happened to this game? Like, I don't, this my memory's great. not that bad. Like, this is not how that game goes at all. There's um, a, there's a ghost room we need to do where I play the super Nintendo version and you play the Sega version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like shocking how similar they are. And I might be, I might be mixing this game up with another game, but I just recently watched a developer talk about it. Um, something to do with a no clip episode. And they were talking about how one studio that was making the Aladdin game for the super Nintendo didn't know there was another studio making a Sega version of the game at the same time. And they found out when they ran into each other at E3 or, uh, CES, I think is what it was then. One of those trade shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, computer entertainment show or something like that. Um, but yeah, it, it, and I might be mixing that up, but like just the fact that that was able to happen says a lot about that era of gaming. Yeah. Like, and uh, so the weird thing though, that they mention with that, like that's even more strange than like having two different developers work on different things. Cause like, that's a thing that happens is like, Oh, yeah. so-and-so made the, you know, switchboard or whatever. I um, look. I I've watched plenty of episodes of what happened. Yeah. Uh, to know, like, oh yeah, no, they had like three companies work on different ports, and they were entirely different games for no fucking reason. Right. Or like, you know, the Game Boy version of anything is a totally different game. Um, this is hold on. This is totally random, and I'm very happy about this. I don't even think he's in my stream right now. But my buddy Stray just sent me a copy of uh, Valheim. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I'm excited to hear what you think of that game. I, you, I've also been wanting to pay, play it. I just haven't wanted to pay for it. So I'm, You're, I, you're I, either going to be like balls deep in love with that game, or you're going to be like, nope. Because <laughs> um, it is a very specific game. It has a very defined gameplay style. Um, and people will tell you there's a lot of options. There are not. <laughs> like it, it is a very linear game despite them letting you roam around um, because it has a very, very specific set of crafting goals. So it's like, yeah, if you want to continue doing the fun part, go and do this other thing. 
Um, like the combat's not bad, but it's just kind of there. But um, yeah, I'm excited to hear what you think of that. Um, yeah, that would be fun. I'm. I'm. It looks like one of those games that I should really play co-op and not solo. But I don't. I'm not sure. I I don't think it makes a huge difference. Like, and the other cool thing is like. If you and me are playing, like if you're playing in the morning and I'm playing at night or vice versa, if we like on the weekend are playing at the same time, you can just drop into my world and you bring over all your stuff with you and then you can leave and go back to yours. All right. I like that. Yeah, that's kind of a cool feature. Um, But the building in that game is it's really finicky. Like, you really have to do things a certain way. Um, but they're really specific about, like, hey, when you build your, you know, longhouse or whatever building and you want to put a campfire in there, you need to build ventilation in because you will die from smoke inhalation in this game. Like, they really kind of go over I'm, the top with that. I'm, I'm fine with that. I love the immersion. <laughs> and I, I'm fine with, like, picky... Um... I guess design, like th- that's kind of how Fallout is, and uh, yeah. it's like you yeah, hear a bunch of things, but this really only can go with this. Yeah, and I'm and like, like, okay, I th- I'm fine with that. I worked around that. The only games I don't like, and I've been playing some of these lately. Like my sister got me playing a heavily modded version of Minecraft. Yeah, and like vanilla Minecraft kind of gives you an idea of like what to do next. Mm-hmm. As to where, like the super modded version had so much stuff, I was like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Um, yeah. and that's, that's the thing I don't like from building games. Like I want to be able to get to a point where I start off simple and then it's like, Oh, okay. Then I'm going to want to do this and then do this and do this. Well, then you'll like but this if... cause it's real structured. Good. Um, I like the, the games that are just like, here's a bunch of options, have fun. And it's so like, the other, okay, other kind of cool thing. That's also a little bit frustrating and you can totally just like kind of cheese it and it's not really a big deal. Um, but like when you're learning how everything works, it can be frustrating because it's it's an alpha. Like it's not like a real complete game right now. Um, like it's more complete than most games that get early access. But um, so when you build something, it has to have actual like structural integrity. So if if you're like linking logs together to make like rafters you can only go so far before it's not supported anymore and you can't build it. And the stuff that doesn't have enough support will eventually break and you'll like fall through the ceiling or whatever um, because of too much weight on it. So you have to build structural support for your buildings. But the thing is you can kind of just like jam logs into a rock and build a house on top of a, you know, cliff face because you can just kind of cheese the way that the structure works, um, which is fine. Like it makes for really interesting shit that people have made, but I kind of hate that they let you cheese it that much because it kind of makes it almost pointless that they even bother doing that. Um, because you can just like, you can open the UI and like just put God mode creator mode on and have unlimited everything. So like, Theoretically, you could do that stuff out of like the main real game if you wanted to. Um, yeah, but no, it's it's a really cool thing, and it it's one of those weird games where like parts of it look really really terrible, 
and parts of it look really incredibly gorgeous. Um, the only thing that really bugs me, and it it's maybe it's just a thing with my brain, um, but it has like this wind effect where there's like little white strips flying through the air, like indicating the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, which is it. It looks cool aesthetically when you're like, you know, watching the game or something. But for me, when I'm playing it, my peripheral vision is picking up these things because I have like a 32 inch curved widescreen monitor. And in my periphery, where I can barely see the edge of the screen, I see a white thing coming off from off screen. And my brain is, oh shit, they're shooting arrows at you or something. So I constantly have this like fear triggering in my brain that I need to dodge. Even though there's no, there's not really much in the game that shoots anything at you. Um, but my, my lizard brain is like trying to like twitch dodge things. Like I'm playing POE or something. Um, I guess we'll see how that works when you don't play it on a curved mega monitor. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like if I, if I can, you know, uh, turn that off but i i don't know i i kind of wish they gave you an option to turn that that thing off because it, it's just distracting in general like if you want it for photo mode or something that would be cool um but yeah parts of that game are really polished and cool and it's more of like the the gameplay itself and the overall look of the game but they haven't really like finished the textures i think um because your character just kind of looks like a stick figure <laughs> Like, um, but, uh, so I guess we're going to talk a little bit about games. Um, we already have obviously, but, um, the only other game that I really can talk about is loop hero, um, which I know you have, you just haven't played yet. Yeah. That's another one. Like I want to talk about that one, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, yeah. So that's another game that's like super early access and like, I guess technically it launched, but it, it's not a finished game. Um, but that game there's, it looks really cool. It's got a super cool retro artwork style. Um, and it's super fun to play. It's very addictive. Um, but my one main gripe with that game is your character looks like a skeleton it's just this little white stick figure that like dances back and forth. Like the animation is like they rotated, you know, left and right to make it look like it's walking. Um, like the legs stick out and the arms move up and down a little bit. Um, but like there's three distinct characters in the game and I don't understand why they couldn't have made a slightly tiny, tiny bit more detailed version of your character that reflects the class that you're playing. Like, that seems like something really easy to do for the launch of your game. Um, And Lord knows they've sold enough copies of that game that they can go and fix it. But um, holy shit, is it annoying. Like, I couldn't find my character when I first started playing the game because I thought my character was an enemy on the screen. I thought I was a skeleton that I was going to have to fight. And (laughs) like your character model looks almost the same as the skeleton in the game. Um, they just gave the skeleton in the game ribs. Um, and I was like, oh, so I was close. 
Um, and I figured out what was my character model when I finally like got into a battle and then there was nothing left on the screen except for me. And I'm like, Oh, that's my guy. Um, so that was, that was an interesting discovery. Um, but yeah, that, that game is super fun. I don't, I don't want to talk about it too much, but that's, it's kind of a similar thing where like, it's got polish here and there, but it's, it's got really, really good foundation with really, really interesting potential and a super fun gameplay loop, which is literally a loop. Um, but again, it where it looks rough, it's literally stick figures. <laughs> like, like placeholder models, basically. Um, and the animations are barely even there for a lot of the stuff. Um, but it's supposed to emulate like a more low res style though too right yeah yeah it 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 is it's supposed to look retro to the point where you you either turn on retro font or high res fonts so you can actually read it um and i have to play with the high res fonts like i can barely read the shit on the screen if i leave the old school stuff on um but and there there's like a crt monitor filter you can turn on and off too that like kind of like fish eyes the outside edge of the screen um which is cool that's a really cool feature but also it just makes it kind of hard to look at <clears throat> but um it, it's not that it it's not that the style is wrong or whatever or bad it's that the retro style of like the main design in the game doesn't match like the character model like the character model looks like a literal stick figure Whereas, like, the vampires in the game have, like, an actual... Or I guess not the vampires, but, like, the harpies have an actual, like, kind of design to them when they're on the field. Um, as well as, like, the spiders. Whereas, like, your character is just a white stick figure. Like, they could have at least changed the color based on what class you are. And I assume it's just, like, a visual thing of, like, you need to be able to see where your character is on the screen to know if you need to click, you know, action or not. Cause you just kind of like stop or start, um, your character moving through the world with the space bar, right click. So like, you know, after a battle, you can say, pause the world so I can place new tiles down or equip gear. And anytime you mouse over a piece of gear, it pauses the game. And as soon as you mouse over, it resumes. Um, so there's some weird finicky little things, but yeah, like there's certain shit in the game that's like super polished and looks incredible. And then there's your character model, which is a, a white stick figure. And I'm like, make the necromancer green, make the warrior blue, make the rogue red or whatever. Like you could at least reflect my class that I picked. Um, But yeah, it's a cool game. It, it's super fun. And it's, it's sold a shitload of copies just like Valheim has sold something like what was it like 5 million copies or something in the first week I know nothing about it I I don't I don't keep up with a lot of these new games um I mean right now like I picked up a couple of games the other day so I have to try Valheim I have to try Scene Tales of the Neon Sea um and Loop Hero and honestly all I've really been wanting to play lately is Killing Floor 2 so, 
don't know. I, I'll uh, get around to them. I also picked up Breath Edge, which is like a survival game. Um, what what's the other survival game that we played recently? Um, I don't know. It's kind of similar to like. Um, okay, so I, I I know exactly. It, it's Subnautica in space. I never played Subnautica, so. but you know what it is. Like it's got the Minecraft crafting thing where like you've got to collect the resources and build the tool, so then you can use the tool to build the next thing, so that you can go and get the other resource to build the next thing. Yeah, um, that's kind of all I know about it, and like base building and all that. Um, but it's got a little bit more story and it's a little more linear. And I guess the game completely changes into another game, like halfway, three quarters of the way through. Um, so that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to try that one out because it's kind of like one of those base building survival games with a little bit more of a story in it. Um, See, I've got I got so many games that I need to play right now. Like I've been wanting to try uh, Enderall, which is the like. Skyrim overhaul, like they used the Skyrim engine and made a completely different game. That's cool. Um, yeah, I mean that one's on Steam. Um, I still want to play some more Hands of Fate too. Yeah. Uh, what else was looking? Uh, Oniros, uh, Ori in the Will of the Wisps. I still need to play more of. Ori's real good. Um, I'm kind of stuck on Rogue Legacy too at the moment. I have been playing. So, have you heard of the game called The Longing? Yeah, I've heard of it. I I haven't really seen much about it, but yeah, I've I've seen people streaming it here and there, I think. I don't know why you would ever stream this game. So I'm I'm playing it. I might the be game takes, of a different game too. This game takes a little over a year to play. <laughs> wow. Um literally. So what it is is like you live like you're this like ash person that just lives underground, very far underground for some reason. And there's, like, a king, but he needs to rest for, like, a year or, like, 400 days or something like that. And so it's literally just you logging on every now and then and, like, having him explore and learn some things and maybe make him draw something. I don't know. It's just dicking around for 400 days before you can actually finish the game. And it's 400 days in real time. It's a lot. Yeah, and the game gives you random things. Like, you can collect books. Like, you can straight up just read all of Moby Dick in that game. <laughs> That's funny. Just, 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 like, the game is just full of ways to pass the time. And, like, there's a bunch of different tunnels. Like, it's got a really huge, confusing maze-like map. And there'll be some places where you'll find out, like, oh, there's something in my way. Or, like, I need an item to get through here or something like that. And you may not find that until October. And then all of a sudden, you know, like something caved in and like pushed a rock or like, you know, something finally fell out of something else. And you got an item that allows you to go open this other area. So whenever you're playing, there's random shit to do, you know, throughout the year all the time. And it's impossible to figure out what's happening where other than have this dude slowly walk around. It's really weird. And, like, if you go to open a door, they're big stone doors, so it'll be like, yep, so it's going to take about two hours to open this. And you can just come back in two hours, or you can sit there and watch the door slowly open for two hours. It's all animated. It's all there. Wow, that is ridiculous. 
it's it's a re- it's a really weird game, and it's usually very cheap. And it's one of those things where like I would just pick it up and turn it on every now and then just to experience a game that's just not like anything else I've seen. Yeah, you know, just just for the fact that it's different from everything else. Yeah, I'm glad people are doing those things. Yeah. Um, and, and cloud punk is another game that just doesn't really seem like anything else that I've played. Yeah. That game um, has I, a really neat look to it. And I need to play more of it, but it's, I don't know. It's got kind of a story and it's sort of getting interesting, mm-hmm. but it feels like a cross between like grand theft auto three and, uh, God, my tales of a spaceport janitor. Yeah. Together, which is a fucking weird combination. So I I don't weird. I I don't really know how I feel about I don't dislike the game, but I don't know that I really like the game yet. Like I haven't really decided where I land on this game. Five out of (laughs) ten. The results were inconclusive. (laughs) The results are inconclusive. It's a game. Uh, it's one of those things where like for somebody like Andrew who really likes the cyberpunk aesthetic, mm-hmm. I would say it's worth picking up. But if you're not really into that, uh, you know, watch a trailer. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, like, watch five minutes of a stream of someone playing the game to get a feel for how the gameplay is because it's different. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Um, other than that, like, I've kind of just been toying around with with a few things here and there a little bit of poe here and there um and i i haven't had a ton of time to play games um yeah i've been been pretty busy the past couple of weeks yeah my wife has been off work for a week um and she's off this next week um so after that i'll be able to to stream a little bit more again um but yeah, I need to. I haven't played Valheim in a little while. I kind of got sidetracked by Loop Hero, um, which I'm I'm happy about. Like, it's nice to have those two games, but they're both very chill games. Um, you know, it's got Valheim definitely has that Minecrafty thing going on, where you're just kind of like, well, I'm gonna go chop down trees for an hour, and then I'll have enough logs so that I can build, you know, whatever. And then it's like, oh yeah, I need to build you know, this thing to shelter this stuff so it doesn't decay from the rain. Um, but it, it's definitely one of those busy work games. Um, and there's only so much you can, like, you can mainline the story, but you definitely have to, like, build your character up to be able to survive, like, the boss encounters um, to get to the next, like, level of content. and. Yeah a lot of that stuff requires you to farm and like go searching for the resources that you actually need. So there's only so much you can do to speed it up. Cause it's randomly generated on a seed. It's, it's Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. It's Minecraft for the most part. Um, and it, I think the thing that really carries it is the, the aesthetic and like just being like a Norse mythology game. And they put a lot of detail into the building and how things work. But then they kind of drop the ball a little bit, I think, on combat. So, like, you're kind of, like, forced into doing something that's not so fun, like, a lot. 
so that you yeah, can it's, do the fun part. It's Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's. I mean, it's. A, I mean, the only reason I even looked at Valheim was because it it had I don't know kind of a retro a, a, a aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it for me. I mean, I like Minecraft. I don't really know that I want to play another Minecraft, and uh, I don't give a shit about the whole Norse theme thing either. Well, I mean, I I like Norse stuff just fine, but like it's fine. It, it's I'm kinda, not against it. It gives your structures and your buildings a look. Like it, it definitely gives you a different looking set of buildings than you would get if you went and played Minecraft or Subnautica or anything else with sure. building. Or no, no I just mean like yeah, like Skyrim. I didn't really give a shit about Skyrim compared to the other Elder Scrolls. I may really care about it. Oblivion's theme either like Morrowind had more of like an alien bug plant you know stonework thing and I was like all right I'm into that yeah but then they were like oh Norse mythology shit I don't give a fuck it's the same reason I don't really care about Valhalla um I Northgard was a fun like management combat civ kind of game but like you could have picked another theme and I'd like it just as much Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That that's one of those things where like, yeah, I'm not against it. I just it's not really something that's ever hit with. It's not like post-apocalyptic shit as tired as that is at this point. Um, I've always been a big fan of that. So, I mean, I'm a fan of it to a point, but I'm definitely at the point where my brain has hit the saturation mark with post-apocalyptic brown textures. It's going to have to be post-apocalyptic mixed with something. Like, you can't just do the Wasteland post-apocalyptic. Like, Wasteland 3, for instance, that looks like a good enough game. I'm just so tired of seeing that Wasteland aesthetic now. If you like, if you let me play a game like Fallout and give me the, the brown, rusty, bombed-out aesthetic to start a game, and then, like, a little ways in you start getting like stuff regrowing and turning green again. And you get like kind of the um, horizon zero dawn look. Yeah. Where you've got like technology mixed with wildlife, you know, give me a little bit of that to kind of freshen things up and make them not all Brown and gross. And 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 like, let me move to a different part of the world where it's got a different look to it or something. Well, I think that's one of the reasons breath of the wild did well. Yeah, because that's basically that's post-apocalyptic Hyrule, but things have started growing back and shit. Right, things well, are starting I mean, to reactivate, and like part of it's very desolate, and then other parts you're like, here's the remnants of civilization. Like, I don't, yeah, it worked. It well, worked, and they they do kind of do that with Valheim, where you go to like four different biomes. So there's like the plains or grasslands or whatever they call it, where you start. And then you've got the mountains and the swamp and then a fourth one. Um, yeah, but is it is it post-apocalyptic or is it just early civilization? Yeah, no, it, it's it's no civilization. It's medieval Norse. And, like, it's not the real world. Like, you were a, a Norse warrior that fell in combat and the Valkyries sent you to Valhalla, essentially. And But it's not like Valhalla. It's like purgatory for Valhalla um, where the greatest warriors, you know, get sent to, to try to fix things or whatever. 
like it, you get the whole story in like the intro minute and a half of the game um gotcha but it, it's essentially you're dead but you're alive again in a different existence um and you've got to do the stuff this crow is telling you to do or raven it's probably a raven Eh, see that that story that story genre theme like none of that really hits with me well and to be honest the story's pretty light it's pretty barely there i i think the the early civilization shit just never struck with me like i never liked he-man i never liked conan i was never into that shit like none of it ever hit with me i mean i liked it i was never that's just not my yeah that's that's just one of those things it's like westerns there are certain things that have incorporated westerns into them, like Firefly. Yeah, but like westerns in general, like I really want to like Red Dead Redemption. It seems like a great game. I don't give a fuck about the western shit. Like, just yeah, not I, at all. I never could get into western stuff, other than like occasionally some steampunk stuff works out pretty cool in westerns. Like I've read, I think there's a book called The Weird West or something like that that I read that was really cool. Um, I usually when it's, but that's like Western mixed with something. And like, if you throw steampunk into most shit, if it's not overly pretentious, I'm generally a big fan of it. And you could call it, you know, everybody equates it with the West because like the Wild West is like this big cultural thing, right? Right. You could just call it the frontier. Like, right. You know, if everybody looks at Avatar and says, oh, it's a Western, you know, a space Western. And it's like, well, kind of, but you could also just call it a frontier story. Like, I guess I never would have classified them as either. Like, Westworld. Yeah. You could say that's more of a frontier thing. Like, okay, yeah, fine. I'll, I'm, I'm well, here for that. Westworld is, they created an artificial West world. <laughs> like, the Western right. frontier, they recreated it for people to go and live out their VR fantasies. Um, yeah, but that's like, but, the, but like, like Avatar, that, they that's... they legitimately went to the new frontier by they got on these spaceships to go fly to a new planet to colonize a frontier, or like Outriders. Yeah, I don't know. I that's so also I, a frontier game. But I could I don't consider either them Western or frontier. That's more like Savage Planet kind of thing. Like Savage Planet's always been kind of its own thing too. There's just not usually a mm. lot of it, and it started becoming a thing. Like No Man's Sky, and then there's actually yeah. the one that you just played, um, Journey to the Savage Planet. Um, but I mean that's been that's been a thing in in fantasy for a while. I just don't think it was ever really that interesting, and now people are playing around with it. Yeah, but it's the same with steampunk. Steampunk's been around since like the 1800s, and it wasn't until like 10, 15 years ago that people were like, oh hey. Yeah, that's cool. This is actually this is actually pretty cool, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. I always wonder how much of that like got popularized by kids that wanted to dress up for a con, and all they could afford was like antique store stuff that they were able to like glue onto, you know, some gloves or something. Like the affordability of steampunk. So that was kind of the problem with steampunk for me, because when I was really into steampunk, I was into some of the literature and the art and stuff like that. Like, I liked the idea of modern and retro by way of ridiculous steam machines. And then, especially with going to cons and just meeting different people, it became more of like a 
clothing line where you just like take a cog from a watch and like glue it to your glove and call it steampunk. And I'm like, I don't understand what any of this has to do with anything. Yeah. Or dress um, up and like it's an even, airship captain with a bomber jacket and some goggles. Yeah, and it, I mean, at this point, it's basically just goggles because you've got people that are like, "We're steampunk," and it's basically just wearing a Victorian dress they got from like the thrift store with goggles on their head. And I'm like, "What did what did any of this have to do with anything?" Yeah. So, and we should probably wrap this up here pretty quick, but yeah. um, one of the more i guess it's not recent at all but like one of the more interesting things that i've come across in the steampunk world and i guess it's more diesel punk technically but um did you ever read the leviathan books i don't oh, remember by the scott the westerfeld yeah yeah um, no it's that's that's my favorite book series of all time absolutely the thing, the thing that made that interesting to me was that they put them at odds with people that were like, nah, fuck that tech shit. We're doing this all natural. Okay, we're um, doing this biological shit. Yeah. We're going to, instead of airships, we're going to create gigantic fucking flying whales essentially. Well, and um, then the counterpoint was instead of just the Germans being like, we've got panzer tanks. They're like, I don't know. We've got like mini mechs. Like we're going, we're going to go mech warrior to your fucking Pokemon or whatever the hell they were doing. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that's cute. You've you've bred new uh new cows. Fantastic. Look <laughs> at this uh look at this fucking Jaeger that we've designed here. Like, I've got oh. a mad cats to your cow tank thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, that, no, that's, that's a great series. That series is probably my it's like currently it's my favorite book series. Uh, just because it's like, it's a little bit historical with retelling it in the most fascinating way possible. Plus the character development I thought was great. Well, I mean, they let off, like the whole story starts off with the whole Franz Ferdinand bit. That's literally what that is. Yeah. Um, when I first started reading it and like reading the synopsis for it, it's like, oh, it's a, it's an imaginative retelling of world war two. And I'm like, I don't have any interest in that. Uh, I started reading like the first I started reading like the first chapter or so and I was just like oh my god is this going to be like a bunch of political bullshit I don't give a fuck and then you start encountering like the biological airships and shit and like the mech tanks and I'm like never mind this got also real fucking quick alright I'm in yeah (laughs) yeah it took a real hard turn and it takes a real hard turn on like chapter two like it doesn't fuck around like alright yeah. Well, and you know what's funny is like I I recently watched the new uh Golden Compass series on HBO. Yeah. And there's a lot of similarities there too cuz it's basically like, you know, the new like the administration, the empire with the tech and all the fancy rituals. It's basically like the religious version of the empire. Fucking galactic space pope um versus you know, basically the, the natural people that just, they want to have their, their pet tiger or whatever. That's part of their soul. Um, and they get into some weird science bullshit and start crossing, uh, into different worlds and universes and shit. Um, it really goes out there to the point where they're like, I don't know, man, here's a knife that lets you cut windows open into other dimensions. Um, like, 
the shit gets real wild. Um, All right. But it's good. I, I highly recommend that if you haven't seen it. I, I don't know if you watch Golden Compass or you enjoyed it, but um, the HBO series the, is way better. The movie I think I watched? Yeah, with the, the armored bears and whatnot. Which was the only part of that movie that I liked, to be honest. Yeah, the I movie really wasn't ca- great. I, I didn't think it was bad. I just didn't really care for any of it. I was just like, yeah, this is just like some generic fantasy CG shit. And then it got to the part where like the bear like fucking slaps the fucking jaw, jaw off, another, off bear. of another bear. And I was just like, wow. Wasn't expecting a 10 out of 10 for that scene alone. <laughs> Again, another hard turn. <laughs> yeah, that was like... I like that immediately grabbed my attention and I was like, is there more of that? Like, (laughs) yo, that's like fucking Bambi. But instead of like, you know, the silhouette fucking somebody just shoots him and fucking it's like, it's it's like you're babysitting kids or something and Barney's on TV and you're like 20 minutes into this fucking episode and you're like, yeah, uh uh, count eat your fruits, blah, blah. Barney just stabbed a kid. What the fuck? <laughs> Did he just bite that kid's head off? Cause he couldn't count to 10. <laughs> Never mind. This was boring. I am invested now. Let's, where does this go? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so I, I have good news and I have bad news about the, the TV show for you then. Uh, really no armored bears, which I don't understand really. Um, but the rest of the show got markedly better. Um, like it's actually interesting and the characters are worth giving a shit about. Um, I don't really give a shit about the armored bears. Like that scene was cool. Those characters were neat and everything. But like, if the show takes weird turns like that, I could fucking care less if the armored bears themselves are a thing. It kind of makes that look like Barney by comparison, like the shit that they're doing. Um, You've got me. All right. There's like, there's like soul eating monsters that only eat people once they've started puberty they only kill adults um witches that can fly and murder people um interdimensional knives which is real weird um it's real strange and it's got a weird feel to it like the whole thing feels i don't know surreal or something it's got like a really strange abnormality about it the whole thing like, isn't i'm i'm fine with the surrealist tone i i have yeah. no objection to that at all it's it's got like an eerie overtone to the whole thing for some reason but in a good way i'll have to i'll have to, I'll to definitely look that up i just had beth just showed me um black mirror because i never got around to oh, watching yeah, it. yeah that's that's some real wild shit and she was like there's a couple episodes in particular you need to watch because she's She's already figured out very quickly. Like, I don't fucking watch anything. Yeah. And I don't really have any interest in watching anything. She's like, you're not just going to watch Black Mirror. We're going to find the episodes that will make you actually give a shit about this show. Okay. The one that always sticks out in my brain is, and I I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, but there's one where it deals with your social media popularity counting as your credit score. Yeah, I looked at that one. I didn't really care about that one too much. It Um, was... It was upsetting. Like, it was just like, oh, God, this is too on the nose. Uh, it, it, I just, I didn't, I don't know, I just didn't, that episode didn't grab me. The other episode that I did watch, though, was the, like, VR fighting game one. Uh, I, I didn't watch all of it. I kind of did the same thing and watched a few here and there. I didn't see that so, one. So, 
it's like there's these these two guys like they grow up they're friends and then like over time there's distance because like one of them gets married and the other one just you know stays single and does whatever the fuck he wants um better choice and like one year for like a birthday present uh the guy that's single like he buys both of them a copy of this like new vr thing where it like taps into your cerebral like cortex just fucking gives you like we all know how that goes it, yeah it's like vr but like it's straight to your brain and like you literally become the character of like the fighting game they've been playing since they were kids so it's like street fighter yeah um and one of them plays like a chun li character and the other one plays like a ryu character but like of course the chun li character in the game looks really hot so in the game they just stop fighting and start banging each other <laughs> and then <laughs> and then they oh get out God. of the game and they're realizing like okay i just kind of virtually banged my childhood friend who's the same sex that i am and now i have to go to bed with my wife and i don't know what to do with myself because i'm actually kind of addic- addicted to doing this all of this like, is very uncomfortable and i'm like this is a weird episode like all right you got me hooked on this show because what the fuck is going on here <laughs> yeah yeah, that show's got some uh, uncomfortable moments. Yep. That's a layer of uncomfortable that I haven't seen in a show in a while. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I usually hate that. Like, I remember watching the Sarah Silverman show when that was a thing. Yeah, I'm not big into the uncomfortable comedy, for sure. Well, because it's like, un- a lot of them do, like, uncomfortable suspense. Yeah. Where, like... You know, Black Mirror seems to have moments or just, like, story arcs that are uncomfortable. But, like, they're going to get resolved and they're going to progress as to where, like, the Sarah Silverman show would just be like, we're just going to make this one long, uncomfortable experience. And I'm like, why would I keep watching this? Yeah. Like, I don't want to feel like this. The whole thing is just cringy. Like, I don't want anything to do with this at all. Like, a little bit of cringe, okay. Cringe is a 30-minute episode. No, thank you. There there have been a few movies. I, there was one that everybody loved, and I can't think of what movie it is right now. Um, was it the Borat movie? No. I, that didn't... I, I, I actually walked out of the theater on that one. That's the only movie I've walked out on. I didn't really like it, but I, I was kind of indifferent. It had a few funny things in it. Um, yeah. But there was some movie where everybody really liked it, and I was just like... This is just like two and a half hours of discomfort. Like, I don't want to feel this way for 20 minutes, let alone, you know, 120 minutes. Um, But it was just like, ugh, I can't believe people like this. And it was just like the biggest thing for a long time. See, that's Um, how it was with the Borat movie. Like, everyone told me it was hilarious. I had to go see it. And like, I didn't really think most of it was all that funny. And then I think I got to the scene where it was just a prolonged scene of like him and his friend just running around this hotel naked for no reason. Oh yeah. yeah. And I was just like, all right, well, <laughs> well, I've seen enough. <laughs> I don't need to watch the rest of this. I'm just going <laughs> to fucking go- eat that ticket money and go home. Like <laughs> I'm a head out. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm out y'all. <laughs> like, like this uh... scene's not ending and I am fully done watching it. So. Isn't there Bye. like just a a real big close up of his dong at some point? I I don't remember. That movie was fucking Sasha Baron Cohen or whatever. I I don't understand why he's pos, uh, popular. I don't think he's funny. 
I don't I think don't he's understand. trying to be funny. I think he's trying. I, I think like we were talking about, I think he's trying to be uncomfortable. Um, yeah, but it's not uncomfortable in like a way I, that I think would be interesting in any way. Like, I don't know. Like the guys from Jackass do a lot of uncomfortable shit, but, but it's also very quick. It's, it's very quick. and It's very funny with like some exceptions. Yeah. As to where, like, everything that Sasha Baron Cohen does, I'm like, this is just uncomfortable, and I just don't want you yeah, like, to be on my screen anymore. They, like, made the choice to cut the stuff that wasn't also funny. And then, like, he was like, no, I'm only keeping that. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the movie. Yeah. But, I mean, you also get, like, some hilarious shit. Again, it's not, like, funny, like, ha-ha, like, this is so funny but it's funny like that this happened and they got it was the whole thing with um, what's his face, the Senator or whatever. Yeah. He did that with a few politicians and shit. And I'm like, I, for me, it just seemed like a felt very set up. Well, it was very set up. It was very set up, but like, I don't know. It just like, I get, it was just like, I'm trying to use my cringe comedy to like make a difference in politics or some shit. But yeah, I I don't know. I'm not 12. I just kind of want an investigative reporter to do their job. Yeah. You know, like I don't really need this. True. What, why 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 am I getting my news from this Comedy Central bullshit? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm good. It's like for me, people going like, I learned a new thing because of this comedian. I, I don't know. To me, that's kind of the same as being like, that's unfortunate I get my that that's how that happened. <laughs> I get my up-to-date news from MTV. It's just like, okay, I can't take you seriously. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, I think that's as good a place as any to wrap things up. Um, now I want to... I have a buddy that owns a comic book shop, and now I kind of want to go get all the Power Rangers comics. Uh, so they have... Mm-hmm. It might be a little confusing if you go to look at the comics. Because the new series they have right now is, uh, like, Mighty Morphin and then Power Rangers. Hmm. And the way the covers are set up, they go side by side. So it's hard to tell if it's, like, variant covers or if it's, like, two different comics. They are two different comics, but they happen at the same time. Uh, So should I not just go there and say, hey, I want the first one? So... If you want the first one, you want the first episode, you want the first issue of Mighty Morphin, and you want the first issue of Power Rangers, and you want to read them in that order. Read Mighty Morphin, then Power Rangers. Well, at least they and got then, that right. Right. And then read issue number two of Mighty Morphin, and then Power Rangers. Because those comics are like two different storylines that are happening at the same time and they keep crossing. It's really interesting the way they did it, but it can be very confusing if you're trying to figure out how to buy this and read it. (laughs) Yeah. I Um, like that they figured out a way to get you to buy two comics every time you need to buy a new comic you know i'm, I'm here for it, whatever <laughs> did they yeah no they got me yeah that's, this is that's Pokemon, a very red version and blue version like they yeah, they fucking got it you don't you're um, not just gonna buy the one hero you're gonna buy the red the red ranger the blue ranger the black ranger you gotta buy so, all the action figures since you don't know much about uh like dracon and like that whole storyline um before i would even get the new comics i would look they've got two collected versions 
and I would look for the Rise of Dracon and then uh, Shattered Grid oh, okay. because that will give you everything. But that'll that'll give you all of the main story arc leading up to where the new comics are uh, to to understand what's happening. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so, I might check that yeah. out. We'll see. I definitely definitely recommend anybody to go read those new power even if you were never into power rangers uh it, this is like i love comic books i've been reading them all my life and this is some of the best stuff that i've ever read uh or looked at like it's not the the best artwork but it fucking works yeah it looked so, good from what i saw of it yeah no it it works it definitely works it it even i guess with that cartoony and gritty style at the same time makes the especially some of the original power rangers look exactly how they were in the show but also look a little less goofy at the same time i don't understand how they did it but they fucking did it right well good i'm glad i i like when things yeah. don't get fucked up for my childhood yeah no this is finally one of those things from our childhood where they're like hey we made this for adults too and it's also not shit i'm like that never happens this is a goddamn unicorn yay something's <laughs> not bad <laughs> that's so, all we hope yeah. for i hope that's this that's terrible the, that's all we can hope for anymore oh god it's disgusting all right man well that was fun um we'll have to uh we'll have to chat again probably next week about uh Luke Hero and Valheim. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to find some time this week to uh to get down on playing both of those things. And like so the other thing I will mention real quick mostly for your benefit, um when you do decide to check out Luke Hero, like don't feel bad if you only have like 10 minutes or a half hour or something, like even to start playing the game. Because you just kind of get in and start playing, and that's how you figure things out for the most part. Um, and the game pauses when you're not doing stuff. So you can just kind of, like, stop playing. Which is I don't, nice. I mean, I don't usually do that, but I do constantly have the, like, I only have, like, ten minutes, and I just kind of want to play something. Yeah, so like you can totally go in. Because, like, basically it gives you the opportunity to, like, leave the like current loop once you complete it when you get back to your camp you can like retreat to your main base and keep all your loot but if you choose to like leave mid loop like halfway through you only get to keep 60% of your shit and then if you get defeated you only get to keep 30% of your shit so like even if you're just like fuck it I gotta go you can just hit retreat immediately and you still get some benefit out of it. That's pretty cool. So yeah, it's a good, good short session game. If you're ever like, I got to kill 10 minutes or something. Um, but yeah, I, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on those two games. Yeah. Well, we'll, so we'll try to get around to that next week. All right, man. Well, it was fun. And, uh, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, we will be back hopefully in about a week. All right. Later, everybody. Later. This is what I have instead of coffee.